Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 4 of Casey Van Etten Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I am your host, Casey Van Etten. This week, I got the opportunity to speak with the beautiful and very talented April Aguilar, who's the Community Relations Manager for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers and the United Soccer League team, the RGV FC Toros. As a reminder, you can support me financially at anchor.fm forward slash Casey-Van-Etson with the number two. And also give me a like on Facebook at Casey Van Etson Sports Talk Podcast. And follow me on Twitter at Van Etson underscore Casey. Now without further more, here's the interview with April and what she had to say. First of all, this is an amazing opportunity to speak with the beautiful and very talented April Aguilar. April, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for uh, taking your time and speaking with me. Of course. I like to talk, so any opportunity to do so, I'll jump right on it. (laughs) Now, let's begin with a brief summary about yourself, where you come from, where you attended school, and now things about what you do with your occupation. Um, So I grew up in El Paso, Texas, born and raised in El Paso my entire life. Um, I attended school there at UTEP, both uh, my undergrad and um, my master's degree. Had the opportunity to work in the athletic department, loved it, immersed myself in sports at a very young age. Starting middle school, high school, I was a swimmer growing up, so I was always around sports. My dad was a basketball coach, um, so I was always around sports in general. I grew up being extremely athletic. I was not a cheerleader, a dancer. It was all about sports. Um, But yeah, I did grow up in El Paso, and once I finished my master's, I ended up moving down here to the valley. I had no idea what back then I was calling it Edinburgh. I had never heard of Edinburgh before. Um, And then when I moved here right away, my landlord was like, it's Edinburgh. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was calling it the wrong name the entire time. Um, So this is now my fourth year being here in the Valley. Very different from El Paso. A lot of people like to say it's the same or similar, only I feel like they're completely polar opposites. Um, Yes, we have a very um, similar Hispanic roots, but the cities in general, the tempo, um, the way people engage is is very different from El Paso. It's, it's, It's something that took a little getting used to, but again, now I've been here for four years. Um, And ever since I've been here, I've worked for the same organization. I'm very blessed to say that I am a part of the Vipers organization. The Vipers are an affiliate team to the Houston Rockets. And yeah, this is my fourth year with them. This season that just passed was my sixth season with the Vipers. So um, I know that's hard to believe. And a lot of people are like, isn't that six years? But no, it's, it's when you do the math and the way the seasons run, it's actually four years that I've been here. Also, talk about your statement, Heels on Hardwood, and the motto behind it. So it's so funny that you asked me that. Um, 
nobody's ever asked me that before. So this is like exclusive information <laughs> that you're about to get. But I was at a UTRGV game. Uh, UTRGV is a local university that we do have here in the Valley. And the first year that I moved here was the first year that they had hired their new head coach, uh, which is rest in peace, uh, Coach Hill. And his wife, because it was the first time that I had attended one of those games, um, the person that I was dating at that time was a member of their team. So I was able to sit next to his wife. And his wife turned to me and she's like, oh, um, you need to come to this event um, that we're going to have. And I was like, oh, how exciting. And she's like, yeah, it's called Hills on Hardwood because they were new to the community. So that was kind of like a play on words that she was doing. And it was gonna be like a mixer with her husband, with other members of the community. I had already started working with the Vipers and I was selling season tickets at that time. So that's why she wanted to invite me was to kind of be surrounded by those people. And the name Hills on Hardwood, I always thought to myself, wow, that's so creative. And so it all kind of started when I started writing my blog. I kind of wrote something out in a notebook one day about what I wanted my blog to entail. And when it came down to having to come up with a name, I was like, I need something that's both me and sporty. And so myself as a person, I consider myself somebody extremely feminine. I love getting my nails done. I love dressing up. I love getting my hair done, but I also do enjoy sports. So I was like, how can I mesh the two? And that's kind of when I reflected back on that moment. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to call my blog Heels on Hardwood. And that'll be like the essence of both being a female and still being myself, but also being immersed in the sports world. You are also the host of Vipers 360 and Better Than Basketball. Talk about those opportunities and what they mean to you. So that's a project that me and Julie came up with. Julie is the social media manager over with the Vipers. And we kind of, ever since she took on the role of social media, her envision was to totally change the way that we were approaching um, putting basketball out in the community. We wanted it to be more... I guess, personable. A lot of these people see these players and they only see them as one dimensional players. Like, oh, that's just the basketball player. He's an athlete. But our goal was to um, kind of show a different light of these players, which is hence where the whole bigger than basketball came to be because we're showing these people that, hey, these people, aside from being athletes, they also have feelings. They also have emotions. Um, so that's kind of where that derived from. As far as Vipers 360 goes, it kind of encompasses the whole team where we do obviously interviews with players, but we also do a lot of behind the scenes things on community efforts, events that we do here uh, with the Vipers. Now with all that goes in the sports world, at first there was not much when it comes to women working in sports. Talk about how you came wanting to work in sports and talk about the lack of support women get compared to men. So as I mentioned, I always grew up around sports. I did play basketball, only I knew for a fact that I was not going to be able to play professionally and make a living off of um, being on a team. Same thing with swimming. I was very good at swimming 
only um, I knew that eventually, you know, that sport would have to end for me because I was not going to be able to, to go on to a professional level in the sport. Um, so originally my plan was to actually be a sports agent. That's something that I really wanted to do because it, it gave me the ability to, to learn about contracts, to learn about law. I was actually um, in route to attend law school before I moved down here. Um, I was actually supposed to attend Arizona State University, um, again, practicing law so that eventually I could become um, an agent. Only, you know, certain things happen. I, I do believe certain things happen for a reason. I did end up here in the Valley, but it was kind of one of those things where my dad always told me, and, and that's the big thing here. I, I'm going to mention my dad and my family a lot because they were the ones that really pushed me in this direction. Um, they knew it was something that I enjoyed. They knew it was something that came easy for me. So for them, it was kind of like a no brainer. They consistently told me and reminded me that it was not going to be easy, but that I needed to make a place for myself. As long as I respected myself, as long as I worked hard, as long as I believed in what I was doing, nobody could remove me from where I belonged. And so I've kind of always carried that with myself. A true story, when I went to go apply um, as an intern um, over at UTEP Athletics, um, at the time, the person I remember who was interviewing me even made kind of almost like a, a sexist remark. And it kind of caught me off guard. But at the same time, I was very happy that this person told me what he told me because at that time it was almost like preparing me because I was only at the college level and I was only an intern. So I thought to myself, if this gentleman, you know, has the audacity to tell me this now and I'm only an intern, that means that down the line, this can be something that unfortunately may continue to occur. So if I can learn at a young age now how to handle it, how to deal with it, and how to prove this person wrong, then I'll end up, I'll be perfectly fine. And eventually, I, I kind of let that comment go in one ear and out the other. And kind of adding on to that story, before I actually left UTEP, um, the way it worked was that if... Um, you know, there was a position open once you graduated with your master's degree, you were more than welcome to apply for it. But if you graduated and there was no positions open, they could not create one for you. So that was kind of like the situation that I was in. I knew that I had to leave. And before I left, he made it a point to come and tell me, you know what, I still remember the first day that I told you this and you didn't say anything back. You solemnly heard what I had to say and totally proved me wrong. He's like, and I will forever see you in a different light. And, and I respect you for that. So it, it's kind of like a funny story, the way everything, you know, comes full circle. I was happy that he ended up apologizing. But again, I think it's something that I consistently deal with. And I'm not the only one who deals with that. There are several women amongst the sports world that are consistently dealing with that now. However, I do feel like um, women in sports is becoming something that um, is becoming more regular, right? We're seeing more people take, more women 
take these dominant roles, whether that's being um, a president for the G League, whether that's being a head coach in the NBA, whether that's um, being the GM for a baseball team, whatever the case may be, like these women are starting to really, I guess, prove to the world, like, hey, like, uh, I belong here. You know what I mean? Like, I've been here. I've put in the work. I belong here. So I'm just happy to, to be a part of that. Continuing with your family, I know you are close to your family. Talk more about them and their support that they provide with you. I think family is everything. Um, without them, I wouldn't have the opportunity to be here today. I think in anything that you do, no matter whether you want to be um, a sports journalist, whether you want to be a doctor, a dentist, an astronaut, I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to the support system. It's important to have people consistently um, rooting for you because there are going to be those days where you kind of don't believe in yourself and you feel like, am I capable of doing what it is that I feel like I can accomplish? And I know for a fact, I've had a lot of those days where, you know, sometimes your Tuesday doesn't go the way you envisioned it. So it's nice to be able to say that I do have that support system that I can easily call and kind of tell them, you know, my mom, like, this is what happened to me or my dad or my sister. Um, and they've always made it a point to remind me what it is that I'm capable of, what the end goal is. And we're, we're a family that's really big on affirmations and manifesting what it is that we want. Um, we've always been those types of people. Like even at a young age, my dad never let me use certain words in my vocabulary. Like I can't do this or this is too hard or I'm not smart enough. Anytime my dad heard me say anything like that, he would redirect my thinking. And he would force me to correct my sentence. Like, okay, um, for example, this is too hard. I can't do this. He would be like, okay, this is difficult now, but I'm going to work hard and I'm going to figure out how to do this. So that eventually I become an expert. Like he would always have us change our, our thought process. And I feel like I still apply those things to today. Now let's talk about your major role in what you do with the community and with the Vipers and Toros. What are some key factors you put out there when it comes to working with the community? Um, I'm a huge believer that, you know, for somebody who works in the sports world, obviously without fans, we are nothing. <laughs> like without fans, there is no Vipers, there is no Toros. So I've always believed that in order for, for the community to support a team, the team must first support its community. They go hand in hand. So that's always kind of been like my, my, my motto, I guess you could say, when it comes to doing any type of community activation. Um, the community is everything. You know, they're, they really are everything. The Vipers are who the Vipers are and the Vipers have had the success that they've had but because the community continues to come out and, and buy tickets and be season ticket holders and come to our events and watch our interviews and do all of that. Same thing with Toros. Even though the Toros is, is a newer franchise, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the exact same thing. So um, I love that part of my job. I personally do not have the type of personality to be sitting at a desk all day. 
So with that type of job, it forces me to go out into the community to put on these different types of events to kind of um, have conversations with people who unfortunately um, might not be able to come to a Vipers game or might not be able to come to a Toros game and even just being able to provide them a community voucher where they get to come out on the house to a game man that's like that's awesome that makes my job worthwhile personally what have been your favorite moments working in sports um probably it would have to probably be that's tough probably maybe being able to experience certain things um i was able to attend all-star um weekend last year that was like a, a really big high point in my career um being recognized by the nba cares and having them reach out and say hey we want you to come out and help um that was awesome unfortunately they didn't do anything at this year's all-star weekend but um being able to participate last year was great and just being able to to meet so many people um, I had the opportunity to meet so many people, so many different types of personalities that it's, um, it's, it's been wonderful. You know, it's, it's one of those careers that um, you definitely embrace networking, both being in the community and being in the sports world and just memorable conversations that I've had um, just with different uh, people, whether that be with Mr. Kamdu, who is the owner of the entire team, you know, having five minutes of his time is brilliant. Having a conversation when I interviewed Nick Nurse, that was amazing. You know, just hearing his insight and how, how brilliant his mind is with basketball and just um, being a good human being in general. Like, um, I don't take any of those things for granted. When it comes to the aspect of women having careers in the sports industry, how do you personally want to see it grow? Uh, oh, I wanted to, I mean, I don't know that I even want to give it any form of, I guess, limitation when we talk about growth. Um, I want to see it supersede my expectations. Um, I don't believe that certain leagues are done growing. For example, the NBA. I feel like the NBA is headed into a direction where they're going to end up adding more teams um, to the league itself. So I feel like there's so many opportunities. There's so many women who deserve these, these roles. And I feel like there's already people making noise. We'll take, for example, Renee Montgomery, who just became part owner of the Atlanta Dream. Like that in itself was like, that was huge, huge. And those are the kind of things, those are the kind of the momentum that, that I feel like needs to continue to happen and will continue to happen. Because again, I feel like it's starting to become, it hasn't necessarily become the norm, but I feel like it's headed in that direction because the fact that we're still like, oh, wow, oh, this is amazing. This, like, I don't want it to be that shocking. I want people to be like, hey, X person just bought a team and then be like, wow, that's pretty good. And then move on. I don't want it to be like this huge news. The same way men can do it. Trust me when I say women can do it and probably 10 times better. Like, 
I don't want to put a limitation on it. I'm very happy at the pace that we're going. I do feel like more needs to be done. Um, more support needs to be had for women in the sports world and of all colors of all races. I do feel like certain um, certain leagues and certain sports need to be more open and hopefully they head in that direction in in, in um, being more diverse in the pool of candidates that they actually have on, bo on board as far as um, women go. Because women, we come in all shapes, forms, colors, races, you know what I mean? So I feel like it needs to be all inclusive. Um, and it makes me happy also because growing up as a little girl, we didn't really have those I guess, role models to look up to, you know, now that I'm in my career in the midst of my career, I don't even feel like I've reached the peak yet, but it's, it's nice to see other girls accomplishing and, and women in these roles. It's wonderful because now I think to myself, man, do you know how many little girls are probably watching Renee Montgomery and saying, wow, I can go to UConn. I can be a WNBA player and I can own, um, be part owner of a WNBA team. Like that's phenomenal. But unfortunately I didn't have that. So um, I do feel like there still needs a lot to be done. But again, I'm happy with the direction that we're going. And eventually I want this to be just like totally normal. Throughout the years you have worked around sports, what have you learned? Um, the thing about sports is it, it teaches you how to separate emotions from work. Um, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've worked. I've always been a very, um, uh, a woman who, who embraces feelings. I'm somebody who is not afraid to cry. I'm not afraid to disagree. I'm not afraid to laugh. I'm not afraid to be worried. Um, all different types of emotions. But the thing about sports is it kind of teaches you how to really build like this layer of almost like strength that you didn't even know you had and kind of navigate through certain situations in certain ways. And I feel like prior to sports, I didn't have that. I would kind of, you know, if something didn't go my way, I would dwell on it or I would be too hard on myself or I would let it get the best of me. And in working in sports, I feel like you're taught almost to, to again, build like this, this armor of strength. And it's like, wait a minute, like, okay, I'm, a, I'm allowed to feel emotions are okay. But at the same time, let me remind myself how far I've come to even get here. Like, and I think that's why I carry myself with a lot of, of pride because you know, nobody pulled up a, a chair for me at the table. Like I pulled up my own chair. You know, I had to do what I had to do in order to get here. Was it always um, easy? No, most definitely not. Were there times where I was like, why am I doing this? Most definitely. But at the end of the day, I'm here because I feel like I personally have a calling for it. Um, I feel like, um, being a woman who um, is very religious and close to God, I feel like when God calls you to do something, you don't question it. And being in sports and, and um, having this role that I have, I feel like is a calling from him. 
You know, there's a reason why I'm not a nurse. There's a reason why I'm not a teacher. There's a reason why I'm not in any other profession. Like there's a reason why I'm here, why I'm having this conversation with you today. I'm a true believer in that everything happens for a reason. And it's not my job to question if, you know, he gave me this role, he gave me this, I guess, um, calling. It's up to me to do it again to the best of my ability. Now, let's talk about the pandemic and through the time of social distancing and games getting canceled. How did you adjust to getting connected with fans virtually? Um, that actually came pretty easy. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was something that luckily in the position that I was in, um, I was still able and very blessed to keep my, my job. Um, I was healthy. Um, I lived by myself, so I didn't really have interaction with the outside world. Um, I am somebody who works well when they are by themselves. So it was, it, it honestly did not affect me the way that it might've affected other people. Um, and at that time, I feel like the world was always already headed into a digital, um, realm. We were already headed in that direction. So I feel like the pandemic kind of just, I guess, um, added fuel to it, you know, but I feel like when it came to Instagram lives, when it came to Skype, when it came to, um, you know, YouTube videos, I feel like all of that was already in the works. The only difference was that now we were forced to really utilize those tools because we couldn't go to work, right? Um, but Instagram was already running, Facebook was already running. So when you kind of put two and two together, it, it was it was simple. And again, I had this conversation with Julie because me and her work really um, hand in hand together and close. And she agreed with me, you know, like if fans can't come to our games, but fans really want to know about players, well, then let's help them know about players. Let's get in contact with these players who already have large platforms themselves. And let's start doing these interviews. Let's start asking them what they're doing during the pandemic. Because uh, again, this was a whole, this is, this is honestly really bigger than basketball. It's reminding the public, reminding fans that, hey, we are going through a pandemic. And guess what? This basketball player that you admire so much, he's also having to quarantine. He's also having to stay home. He's also having to wear a mask. So I think that was awesome because we also got to do like almost like PSAs with our players, you know, providing information, um, kind of reminding the community the importance of social distancing and the importance of, of not leaving your home and so forth. Um, and they were awesome. We spoke to so many players and never once did, did were they, um, you know, cocky about it or didn't want to participate. Like every person and player that we've interviewed up until this point um, has been wonderful. The fans have loved it. They've gotten, um, our social media fan base has grown tremendously. We just hit 20K this week. We had over 2 million impressions on Twitter last week, which is phenomenal. But that just goes to show you like everything is, is becoming digital. So it just naturally went with the flow and um, we embraced it. We embraced it and we ran with it. In these next few years, where do you see yourself when it comes to working in sports? And personally, how do you want to grow? 
Um, so personally, how I would want to grow, I think would just be becoming a better, a better individual, a better person. Uh, I'm far from perfect. So there are a lot of things that I would like to work on internal internally to just help me be overall, um, a better woman. That's something that I practice every day. It doesn't happen overnight, but that's definitely where I would like to grow personally. As far as my career goes in the next few years, um, like I said, sports is my jam. I'm not leaving sports. Um, hopefully I have the opportunity to work for an NBA team or maybe even um, my ultimate goal, which would be um, reporting for the NBA on either NBA TV, uh, TNT or on ESPN. I would love to do that. Um, there's definitely baby steps um, you know, it's, it's a marathon. So, um, the marathon continues most definitely. I take, I take pride in coming to work every day and really asking myself at the end of the day, before I go to sleep, like, what did you do today to help you get to where it is that you want to be? And if I don't have an answer for that, then that's on me, you know, but I make it a point every day to either, you know, um, watch old interviews, um, watch film, um, listen to a podcast, read an article, but I'm consistently learning. And I feel like that's also, um, I guess it goes hand in hand with personal growth, you know, because that's not something that I would do when I was younger. It was just something that I was like, oh, I would always put it to the side, but now it's, it's all encompassing. It's something that I enjoy wholeheartedly. And yeah, I'm just super excited for the future. Any advice for those that want to have a career in sports, especially women and young girls? Uh, my biggest advice would just be to not let anybody tell you what it is that you can or cannot do. Uh, because you are going to run into those people. I've ran into those people. But most of the time, the majority of time when those people are telling you something, it's because they they see something in you that they don't see in themselves. You know, they're either suffering from an insecurity or, or, or they're afraid of, of reaching their goals and their dreams. So my biggest advice were to be to ignore those people, to work hard, stay in school, continue to do what it is that you're doing and look at the bigger picture. My other advice would be is to, I'm a huge believer in dream boards, um, especially for like, if you're looking for like an arts and crafts project or if you're a younger girl, um, dream boards are really easy to make. And there's something that I'm a huge believer in. Um, I have so many dream boards around my apartment and I make it a point every single day to stop and look at one and really, uh, I guess, hone in on what it is that I want for my life, what it is that I want um, for my career, for my family. And um, it, it helps me on a daily basis. Um, as far as those wanting to get into the sports world, my recommendation for that were to be to start immersing yourself in sports. If you're in high school, um, volunteer, you know, for the track team, volunteer for the football team, for the wrestling team. And that doesn't mean that you're going to start doing, you know, these magnificent things right away. You might be I don't know, a manager, an equipment manager, or you might be, you know, the one filling up water bottles, but you know what? I did that job. That was literally me. Okay. I didn't play football. I wasn't a volleyball player, but I was there because I loved sports 
and I wanted to be around it no matter what. And that happened again in college. And because I was always there, it's so funny because even at UTEP, I was like their longest standing intern to the point where like they would tell me, hey, April, you didn't have to come to this event. And I'd be like, I know, but I'm here. And I was there even when they didn't want me to be there. But it paid off because eventually they, the athletic director pulled me into his office, Chris Park, I remember at the time. Um, and he was like, April, like, we love how hard you work. You're literally always here. You go above and beyond. And because of that, we're going to pay for your master's degree. And so my master's degree was literally on the house because I worked so hard. I did become a graduate assistant for them and continue to immerse myself in sports. And I did all sports. That's another thing too. I, I feel like um, it's good to work everything so that you actually learn and, and know what you like. Um, I've had the opportunity to do golf, tennis, track, basketball, volleyball, swimming, football. And eventually after doing all of these, I honestly like really, really started to fall in love with basketball when I was in middle school. Um, and that's kind of what sealed it for me. I was like, you know what? Like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm doing. Now, as we close this episode, whether it's lack of support of women in sports or anything particular you want to talk about? Um, just that I kind of like I mentioned earlier, just that I hope that those listening today, if if you find yourself in a position where you might just have be having a random conversation with your female friend or your sister or a coworker, and they tell you, hey, you know what, I think I want to work in sports. I hope that those people listening today take that and remind themselves of the importance of women in sports and encourage that person, whether that be, hey, you know what, you should totally work in sports or hey, you want to work in sports, you could definitely do that. I think we need more people like that, especially our male counterparts, um, when they hear other young girls or other, you know, coworkers or, or friends talking about wanting to be immersed in the sports world. I think they need to be the ones to, to also come to the realization that, hey, women belong here. You know, women belong here and, and women do a phenomenal job. Um, one of the, the biggest uh, female role models that I admire definitely in the NBA has to be Doris Burke. Um, I love Doris Burke and guess what? She slapped onto my dream board because I know for a fact that I'm going to meet her one day. And um, when I do meet her, I'm going to tell her like, you have no idea like how much I admire you. Like I, I just admire you. And um, so yeah, that was, those would definitely be my words of advice. You can support April and her passion for sports on Instagram at Heels on Hardwood, Hardwood with the underscore and watch her on the RGB Vipers and RGB FC Twirls social media platforms. That is all I have for you, April. I really hope you do well when it comes to your life in sports and working around them. Thank you again for this time. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. 